Hello, hello, everybody. This is Dan Trottencheck. Welcome back to the Taking Care of Business podcast. Um, it's been a little hiatus for me. Uh, I haven't been uh, kind of live to tape or whatever it is we use these these days. It's certainly not tape. But uh, uh, for a little bit, I think the last uh, kind of direct podcast I did was out at the National Hardware Show in Vegas at the end of October. And uh, then I was on a little break and you got to hear from some of the other folks here and at NHPA who kind of sat in for me. Uh, but I'm glad to be back because there is so much going on out there. Um, but I guess you could say that uh, every every year for the last couple of years, certainly. And on today's podcast, what we are going to do is you're going to get 100% Dan Trottencheck because what I'm going to talk about is all of the things, all of the predictions that, that we see kind of happening in this new year and uh, all the things that have changed over the last couple of years and what we see, uh, to use the marketing term, that is sticky going uh, on in 2022. So hang tight and I'm going to go ahead and grab my crystal ball and my Swami hat and come back to the TCB studios here and talk to you about my predictions for this new year. Are you browsing your social media feed in search of home improvement product trends, management advice, and industry news, but coming up short? We've noticed it too. That's why Hardware Retailing is excited to announce our official Instagram launch for store managers, owners, and operators. The new Instagram feed will feature content with innovative ideas, the latest industry news, and product trends that are a must-have for your business. You spoke and we listened. Open your Instagram app now and follow at Hardware Retailing because it's the all-in-one social account for best practices, trends, and news that have been missing from your feed. All right, everybody, thanks for coming back. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I made a joke about my crystal ball and my Swami hat, so I'm going to uh, summon the spirit of Karnak here uh, to talk about things that we see that are going to persist in 2022 for the industry. And, and one of the things uh, when I'm out and about speaking, and I certainly had my share of it this last year, I was I was back in the 100,000 plus uh, air mile club this year, so that was a little little bit of a, a signifier that uh, I was traveling. And so so we've gotten back to a little bit more normal conditions and made the rounds speaking in quite a few places. But one of the things I always uh, talk about when I'm giving a presentation is that um, I, I am not I have never run a retail business. I, I, I've never run a, a, certainly a hardware store or a retail business. I've I, I've now in my later career I've run business units, and so I I understand a little bit about uh, you know P and Ls and all that kind of stuff. But but my career up to this point uh, was kind of framed as a journalist when I when I first joined at the that time in RHA. I was coming out of newspapers where I was a reporter. For those of you who aren't familiar with newspapers, that was something that was circulated to your mailbox on a daily basis and brought you news of the world and happenings and goings on. And today we just call that the internet. But um, back then I was a newspaper reporter and before that I was a business journalist for a, for a business media company. Um, 
But so everything that I kind of present or everything that I do, I kind of look at through that lens where, where I'm just kind of going out there like an old day, old timey reporter would do. And I talk to a bunch of people and I listen to what they say and I try and observe things. And at times we conduct research and all that kind of stuff. And I try and distill everything that I'm hearing and everything that I'm seeing and all the trends that I'm spotting and, and what, what other people are talking about. And I try and somehow condense that into a digestible kind of uh, uh, bit of information that I can share with the industry. And so when I, when I go out and I talk about things and I talk about best practices or I talk about trends, what I'm really doing is kind of uh, giving you the lowdown on what I'm hearing and what we're seeing and what other people are talking about. And, and as we all know, the best predictions kind of come out of those sorts of things. And while uh, the first six months of the year were a little slow, as you guys all know, all these live events, all the wholesaler markets, the national show, all the conferences, everything really got kind of crammed into the last six months of the year. So over the course of these last six months, I have been to a lot of places. I've heard a lot of conversations. I've seen a lot of presentations. I've listened to a lot of economists and logistics experts and, and independent retailers and people in the wholesaling community and people in the manufacturing and vendor community. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to pretend that these are predictions that I am making because I have some sort of uh, uh, divine power to make predictions, but what they really are, are the things that I am hearing people talk about and the predictions and anticipations uh, and, and <laughs> hopes and fears uh, of this collection of individuals that I get to interact with uh, throughout my travels and, and also uh, all the other folks here at NHPA that also engage in those kind of activities. And, and we all try and keep one another uh, at the association informed of what we are all hearing out there. So without any further ado, let's dive into my five predictions for 2022. And I'll give you a little context as to why I think uh, these are the things we're going to see. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is the market, uh, the home improvement market in the United States and uh, North America. In the last couple of years, we have seen the market for home improvement do things that we have never seen in, in my uh, in my tenure uh, watching the industry. Uh, and just to put that into context, in, in 2020, we saw sales in the channel jump by more than 20 percent. And while we've seen that kind of growth, if you go back to the kind of the, the growing DIY years, we've seen that kind of growth over a period of years, but never really in a, in, in a 12 month period. And then as we entered the end of 2020, all of the retailers we talked to said, well, there's no way we can repeat this in 2021. I just hope that I'm not down very much from those numbers. And as we have pushed through 2021, and, and you'll hopefully read all about this in the uh, NHPA market measure reports that are coming out, where we, where we give our official size of market and, and industry performance data. 
But what we saw in 2021 was really strong performance by the industry again. And, and our number for predicted growth for the industry for 2021, you know, it's still uh, it's still hard because we don't have numbers for the last couple of months of the year that have come in uh, uh, just quite yet. But we're anticipating that the industry is going to have grown by about eight to eight and a half percent in 2021 over the 2020 numbers. So we're really seeing an industry that that is coming off of a stacked growth of a couple of years that is just incredible. But what we're predicting for 2022 is that the market's going to kind of stabilize. I mean, we took this huge jump and we moved forward and, and we could go on for hours here about all the reasons why this happened. But we think that the market is going to return to a more normalized growth rate in 2022 and, and really hold that kind of growth rate for the next three or four years. And when we say normalized growth rate, we typically see things between three and a half to four and a half percent growth in that window. And, 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 you know, most years that we've been looking at the industry size of industry and performance in the industry, it's almost like, where is it? Is it going to be 3.8? Is it going to be 3.9? Is it going to be 4.1? But it's always kind of been in that order. And we think that there's going to be a certain degree of reset that we saw 2020 and 2021 really raise that high watermark, raise that bar for sales in the industry. But we really think that things are going to start to normalize it. And, and some of the reason for that, what's behind that prediction, Addiction are are things like right now, you know, we're, we're kind of cautious about what inflationary pressures are going to do on home improvement and home homeowner spending, a little cautious about the home market, but I'll talk about that in a second here. Um, but also a little concerned that, um, uh, and it's not really a concern because we're still going to see healthy growth, but a little concerned that um, some of the projects that home homeowners finished off early in the pandemic, those painting projects, those outdoor projects, those kind of things, uh, they've been done. And, and so there might not be some of that um, repeat buying because the project activity sooner or later has just got to slow down. Now, what could make a difference in that certainly is if we just see this surge of homeowners coming into the marketplace and new homes changing hands. But but we really think that that's going to be tempered a little bit by economic conditions. So prediction number one is that we think that the home improvement market is going to stabilize a little bit in 2022, but still, still post what we would call uh, kind of a more normal growth rate for the industry. At this point, I will give you the disclaimer that, you know, like any predictions, uh, <laughs> that and used to be what was that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. Well, the new thing is my predictions and two dollars and 50 cents might get you a cup of coffee, but take them for what they're worth. And, and, and as I said, these are just uh, uh, kind of the collection of not only our data and our sentiments, but other things we're hearing out there. Um, next up is a prediction about the supply chain. The supply chain will be fully healed and returned to normal by the end of the first quarter of 22. Of course, you know, I'm joking. Um, and that's unfortunately not what we're going to see. Um, uh, I, I've been fortunate enough in the last couple months to see several uh, industry uh, and supply chain experts present on the topic of the hour, which is the condition of the supply chain. And, and we don't really see the supply chain re returning back to kind of a healthy flow until at the earliest late into 2022. And, and let me talk uh, for a second about a few reasons for that. 
is one, um, and this was summed up very well by a supply chain expert I just saw speak, is that there is so much um, there is so much damage to the supply chain. Um, it, it's certainly not irreversible damage, but but there are just so many cuts along the length of that supply hose that have to be fixed. Um, and, and what I mean by that is. It's like, you know, the old uh, whack-a-mole game where you hit one thing and you solve one problem, another problem pops up. And and the issue really comes down to, you talk about something like uh, being able to bring containers into ports. And there was a lot of coverage and a lot of kind of uh, hype about, we're going to extend the hours of the uh, longshore uh, workers and that'll solve the problem. But the supply chain expert said, well, that's great, but you can't just build more machines and get them positioned on the dock, those huge cranes that pull containers off of ships. You can't just change that overnight. That even ordering one of those is a three or four year process. So while you might be able to solve the one problem of some of the labor issues, then you have this other problem of lack of equipment to even offload containers quicker. Um, and while you might see port conditions calming down in an area like Long Beach, you see them ramping up in areas like Savannah. Um, and, and then the problem becomes once you get those containers off the ships, getting them across the country. So that's just one example of all the places where there, there are different things that have to heal in the supply chain. And none of those are overnight solutions. And uh, just recently, I was talking to retailers and, and I am hearing things like we all have that you never thought would be uttered. And one of those things was, the only way we're going to fix this is if people slow down spending. And there is certainly a degree of truth to that. Um, but I never thought I would hear the time where retailers or distributors or manufacturers would say, oh my gosh, what we need right now more than anything else is people to stop buying products from us. Um, but that's really, you know, that is indeed part of the problem. And so going back to our first prediction, we think as the growth in the market stabilizes, that'll be kind of self-soothing for the supply chain. Um, but all these other issues that are coming up have to be addressed as well. And once that demand starts to calm down, that should really be um, should really be the the major uh, item that impacts the supply chain getting healthier. But we don't see all of those things coming together in 2022, at least for the first half to three quarters of the year. So so buckle up and all those things that you're doing to try and acquire products uh, differently, trying to fill shelves and stores, trying to get things to market, um, keep doing them. And I think the bright side of that and the prediction is that I continue to hear from retailers, and I know the same is true at distributors, and the same is true as manu at manufacturing companies, is everybody has had to really kind of sharpen their eye on things like inventory management, um, the way they order products, the way they stock products, the way they um, the way they receive products, the sources they use for products, and even the brands of products they look for. So keep up doing what you have been doing. Um, next, I want to talk a little bit more about a prediction that the housing market will remain strong. But there is, uh, in my, as I look at my crystal ball, there is a black crow flying by. And, and that tells me that there's an asterisk to that prediction. 
is that all of these millennials and these Gen Zers that for years, all of us angry old uh, men who would shake our fists at a cloud in our yard um, said, these young kids, they don't want to buy houses. They're going to live in their parents' basements or they're going to own apartments forever. Well, we're all happily being proven wrong as millennials uh, enter into home ownership in, in big chunks. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to say a couple things about that. We don't see that slowing down next year. And the, and the big asterisk is, depending on what happens with interest rates and inflation, if if we look at do so, doing something like raising interest rates to start con- controlling inflation or start controlling um uh, buying uh, in the industry to kind of try and start helping with the supply chain. You could see some of the the home ownership uh, struggle a little bit. But what we're seeing is all part of this kind of uh, tied back to some of this new economy. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that with a later prediction. But that now with so many jobs becoming more uh, hybrid environments, or more remote working opportunities. I mean, just for all of you that are on LinkedIn, just peruse LinkedIn. And if you bring up the job listings, so many of them now have in parentheses behind the job remote. Um, And, you know, I have kids that are in that 25 to 35 year age group. And that is one of the first things they're looking for. And what that affords them and my own kids have had this conversation of if I have a remote job, I can I, why why am I living where I live? I can live anywhere I want in the country and complete the same job. So they're really taking that that affinity that millennials and Gen Zers had about lifestyle and this kind of work life balance, and they're taking advantage of that with the opportunities that are being presented to them. They're saying. Man, if I like beaches and palm trees, but the company I work at is based uh, out of uh, the suburbs of Chicago, why can't I go live in Daytona Beach and and, and work remotely? And so I think uh, what might have stymied a lot of them saying, I don't know if I want to buy a house in this location, might free up and even kind of supercharge that market for that generation to move into new homes. So, so, so hold on, but we don't think that the housing market is going to really cool off that much last year with the huge huge asterisk of depending on what happens with interest rates and inflation. Now, a couple of things that are really more specific to the um, home improvement industry that we wanted to touch on. Hardly a day goes by that you can open up um, the hardware retailing, paint and decorating retailer uh, e-newsletters or some of the other uh, news vehicles that are out there in the industry. And there isn't a story about acquisitions. Well, this is a prediction that that is what, probably one of the easiest ones to make as we start off 2022. And that is acquisition activity in the home improvement, lumber building materials, paint and decorating market is not going to slow down. If anything, it is going to heat up. And, and, and let me talk specifically about why acquisitions aren't slowing down anytime soon. And, 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 and there's, there's really some strong kind of data that supports all of this. So consider, if you will, the fact that we've come off of two years of, of sales increases in home improvement. Um, we also, as the NHPA cost of doing business study indicates, come off of two of the most profitable years for home improvement retailers. So the retailers have kept a lot more of the, that, those sales increases. Um, also, the data shows us that areas like cash on hand as terms, uh, in terms of asset uh, percentages is higher than it has ever been for independent home improvement retailers. 
Also consider with all this um, with all this good fortune, if you will, that's that's kind of come the way of independent retailers. Uh, it has been a hard, muddy, bloody slog through the last twenty four months of of turning that business with the increased with the increases in sales, the the increases in. Uh, anger and anguish among customers, uh, the challenges with the supply chain, the price changes, all of that has just really made this probably two of the most difficult years to run a home improvement retailing business that we've ever seen. Okay, now you add to that the fact that going into this, the average owner of a home independent home improvement store was in their early to mid 60s. And so what you see is a lot of people who have done particularly well in the last couple of years, profited from that run. Um, and it has been very difficult. And they were already at the end of their career arcs in most cases. Um, and so what that adds up to on one side of the equation is a lot of retailers that made some good money that are really tired and that were headed toward retirement anyway. So you're going to see a lot of those retailers wanting to uh, transition their business. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have a lot of the uh, younger generation of retailers who are in growth mode for their businesses, who are also coming off of two years of very strong sales and very strong profits, and they're looking for opportunities to grow their operations. Outside of those operators within the industry, you have other uh, companies, maybe they're venture capitalists or investment companies that are looking at the sales increases and profitability of the home improvement industry and what's going on with the housing market. And they're saying, you know what? There is investment money that would look really good buying some of these home improvement stores and taking uh, advantage of some of the market conditions that are going on. So what all that adds up to is you've got a lot of people who are looking to sell their businesses because it's the right time. And you got a lot of people that are looking to buy businesses. Um, now, you might say, Dan, well, is that going to mean store growth for the industry? And are we going to start seeing a lot more uh, new stores pop up? And I don't really think, in fact, we're, we're predicting that we're going to see a declining number of stores in the industry over the next several years. Um, and, and part of the reason, as we stick to 2022, is that the market conditions that persist out there is right now we're seeing a, a massive slowdown in new store openings, primarily because of some other things going on, like the challenge getting building materials, the challenge hiring, hiring contractors and builders to build those uh, locations, the cost of buying new real estate, uh, the, the scarcity of uh, fixtures and fixturing in the industry to build, put inside those stores, the difficulty acquiring products to fill those shelves, and the challenges hiring employees to, 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 to work at all those new stores. With an acquisition, at least most of those issues are taken care of. You're often buying a location and, and either buying the property or renting it or leasing it back from the, the owners, current owners. You're buying a store that, while you might want to make some changes on staffing, already has staffing in place, already has inventory and fixtures in place. And so an acquisition becomes a much more attractive prospect than a uh, ground-up new store. So we do not see any signs that acquisition activity and sales activity within the industry is going to slow down at all. Um, and at this point, I want to mention... Um, some of the ways that NHPA is, is trying to identify these trends. 
and, and provide some sort of solutions or some sort of tools for uh, the industry as it relates to those trends. Um, just a couple months ago, we soft launched something called the NHPA Marketplace which uh, as the soft launch was an opportunity for individuals interested in selling their stores or businesses to have a place to turn to where they could list their stores or their operations for sale. And uh, NHPA would promote those store sales to everyone else out there in the industry, which includes some 35,000 plus different uh, hardware, home improvement, paint and decorating storefronts, uh, throughout the U.S., so the audience that you're really looking for to sell your store. Well, uh, after we launched that, which was uh, uh, just about 90 days ago, not even 90 days ago, about uh, 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 about 45 days ago, um, we started receiving a lot of interest from uh, companies on the buy side who said, I, I like what you guys are doing, and I've signed up to monitor when stores uh, get listed. But we've also uh, would be interested in listing our operation as we're looking to buy stores. So that's one of the features that uh, that early 2022 we are adding to our marketplace is a uh, marketplace for buyers to say, I am interested in buying businesses. And, and that's all as a result of what we're seeing with this buy sell activity going on in the independent channel. So let's get to the last prediction uh, that we're going to share with you for 2022. And that is that employees, the worker, the employee is still going to have a bigger role in the way they interact with their employers. Um, it, it, we have seen over the last two years really this kind of flip-flop um, of, uh, of that employee-employer relationship where the employee today has a lot more power uh, than they did uh, two years ago. And without delving too far, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you could argue it's good. You can argue it's bad. Uh, and, and I don't want to go down that path, but it, it's just the truth. Um, I was on a call with uh, uh, an economist not too long ago and someone on the call, a retailer asked, so when are wages going to come back down? And he quickly, the economist quickly replied, they aren't. Um, he said, you know, that genie is out of the bottle. You're not going to see wages increase and then be able to go back and say two years from now, they'll fall back to pre-pandemic levels. That's not going to happen. And what you're not going to see is uh, all of these uh, um, changes just aren't going to go away. I employees are going to be asking for more. Um, they're going to be asking for more in terms of salary. They're going to be asking for more support from their employers. They're going to be asking for more training. They're going to be asking questions about what their career path is and how you can help them get there. And quite frankly, we could sit around uh, or business owners could sit around and complain about it. But what we are seeing the savvy business owners do is say, I understand all these things. I am going to make the changes throughout my operation that are going to allow me to remain as a quality and desired employee, or I'm sorry, employer in my community. And that is going to become a point of advantage for us. And so, again, this isn't changing. This isn't going away. Wages aren't coming down. Um, 
And, and the truth is the companies that find ways to deal with that, find ways to drive employee productivity, find ways to continue to motivate their teams, can, can find ways to continue to invest in uh, their employee assets are going to be the ones who ultimately emerge successful in this and, and wringing our hands about um, the state of employees these days uh, is uh, is not going to do any good, um, you, you know, and, and I've seen this mentioned over and over again. A lot of people will sit around and say, I can't find quality help anymore. And, and I don't take credit for this because I'm stealing it from someone else. And, and there's a continuation to that sentence, which is you can't find quality help anymore based on the package of benefits and salary and the environment you've created. Um, so you can find quality help if you create the environment where employees want to work. So we're going to see a lot of retailers. The new kind of playing field for competitive advantage is going to be trying to find a competitive advantage with your workforce. And so a study that we did uh, back in late July, early August of 2021, when we asked independent retailers where they're going to be investing some of all these profits uh, that, that were earned, the number one answer far and away was we are going to be making investments in our employees moving forward. So as a cautionary tale to this final prediction, I would just say that if you are an independent retailer and you're listening to this, or if you're an employer of any kind, I'll underscore what I just said. And, and the new competitive landscape is going to be built around how can you make your workplace attractive so you can get the top level quality employees. And you're all going to have to make a decision. Are we going to go for low contact, low service, um, low uh, customer service, uh, or are we going to make a statement and say we are going to go in the opposite direction? We're going to offer premium service, high contact. Um, again, I, I've seen both models work, so I'm not picking a model here, but I will just say that independent retailers uh, in the home improvement industry have often hung their hats on their ability to provide superior service, superior product knowledge, and a better shopping experience for customers. Uh, across all types. So um, mark it down in 2022, <laughs> the employee climate is not going to change. And and it's really going to get to the point where we have to stop complaining about it and start figuring out how we are going to turn that into a competitive advantage. So with that being said, um, the last predictions I was going to give was who were going to be the Super Bowl champion, World Series champ, World Series champion, and um, uh, heavyweight uh, title contender. Uh, but we ran out of time, uh, so you'll have to tune into another podcast uh, for me to give you those. Oh, and Kentucky Derby too, but that. Uh, uh, that, that, that's just a gimme. Um, but I, I really appreciate, I'm glad to be back, uh, live to tape on my podcast and we got a really good slate of guests lined up to, to really start out the year. Some exciting stuff. We're going to be talking about supply chain surprise. We're going to be talking about e-commerce. We're going to be talking, uh, about what's going on in the paint industry. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, so, so stay tuned and, and, and last, I just, as we're coming out of a, another year that's just been kind of, you know, crazy for all of us, 
just wanted to thank everybody who tunes in and listens uh, to the Taking Care of Business podcast to, to, to hear me uh, blabber on for a half hour or so. We certainly appreciate your support and, and we appreciate everything you guys have all done in this channel to keep the channel so strong and, and really evolving uh, to meet the needs of, of what's a vastly different uh, consumer base than we, we were seeing two years ago. So all the best to you and your families. Stay healthy. Um, we got a whole big year of stuff coming up uh, that we all need to have everybody around for. So take care of yourselves and take care of your family. And it's good to be back and look forward to talking to you throughout 2022.